Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Let's continue to remember this COVID-19 and all the different sicknesses and everyone, especially COVID-19, as it seems to be continually growing rampant and uh, all over the world. And uh, just remember all the nurses and the CMAs and the doctors and the janitors and anybody that has anything to do with uh, workers or uh, around this COVID, um, whether they're the first responders uh, or whatever it may be. Let's remember each and every one of them. And the ones working in the uh, nursing homes and uh, assisted living and, and different ones of that nature, let's remember them. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to bow my head and call upon your name, dear God, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt, dear God, that you hear and answer our prayers. And God, I thank you, Lord, for just for just being there, dear God, and for helping us and showing us the way that you would have us to go, dear Lord. And God, I just pray, Lord, for each and every one that, dear God, is sick with this COVID-19. God, I, I just... I just pray, Lord, that you would just move in a great and a mighty way, that you would just, uh, Lord, just touch them and heal them, dear God. Remove the cause of the sickness, dear God, and touch their symptoms. And, Lord, just be with the doctors and the nurses and the CNAs, dear God, and each one of those that are working in assisted living and nursing homes and things of that nature, dear God, and the first responders, dear God, and the janitors and receptionists and different ones at the hospital, dear God. Lord, I just pray, God, that you just continually be with them, dear Lord, and just protect them, dear God, and God, I just thank you, for Lord, for each and everything you're doing, and thank you, dear God, for things that you're going to do. And, Lord, I just pray, God, now that you would just take, Lord, that you would touch my mind and my lips, dear God, and you would give me the words, dear God, that you would have me to say that I may help someone, dear God, that we may help someone, Lord, for it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 16. As before, they're getting, uh, the children of Israel is getting ready to go over into the promised land. Uh, uh, and Moses is going over all the laws and the statutes, the do's and the don'ts. And, and he's telling them uh, what they should be doing and what will happen if they do do those things, and they they obey the laws and the statutes and the commandments, but he's also telling them what will happen if they don't obey those. Um, there's always there's always uh, a good and a bad to everything, and that's what Moses right now is trying to get the people to understand that you've got to go you've got to uh, Go all in with the Lord. You've got to follow his commandments. You've got to follow his word, and you've got to walk by it, and you've got to live it. You can't you can't do it your own way. And, you know, we can get away with it for a while. But, now, you know, I, I tell you what, the older I get, the more that I have uh, realized that the things of this world is not, my, not worth my uh, life in hell. It's not worth it. 
Uh, so I am going to give my heart. I, I have gave my heart and life to God, and I'm doing whatever that I can do to get closer to Him and to do His will, because I want. I don't want. I don't want to be left out because of something, some little something that's in my life that I don't know about. I tell the Lord all the time, get everything unlike you out of me. Touch my mind, my my body, my heart. Lord, I, I don't want anything to keep me from right here on this earth, to, to keep me from being able to talk to you and lean on you and, and uh, to know that you're there and you, you meet my needs. And I don't want anything, definitely don't want anything to keep me out of heaven. So, you know, the closer that I get to the Lord, the, the more that I understand that's, that's where I need to be. And that's where we all need to be. And that's what Moses is trying to get these people to realize. He's trying to get them to, to realize that God has given them a promise. He has given them a promise of a land that is um, unlike any other land anywhere. Uh, the the fruits and the vegetables and and all the things that are grown there are just I mean just huge. It's a very very rich land, uh, very fertile, and everything there grows really really good. And they they've got all kinds of water there. They've got uh, they got brass that they can mine out of the the mountains. Uh, they've got everything that they need to do whatever what it is that the Lord wants them to do. But they're going to have to follow the Lord. They're going to have to keep His commandments. They're going to have to love the Lord. They're going to have to keep all His statutes and commandments. And as we go on, we're going to find out that the, Lord's tell, that the Lord tells them also that when they get over in the promised land, things are going to change. He says, you, your, your sacrifices and your offerings and uh, things, it's, you know, it's sort of haphazard now, but when we get over there, we're going to have to ha have a set way of doing things. Uh, and, you know, there's... That's the way we are, we should be in our Christian life. We have we should have a set way of doing things, and we should be looking to the Lord to help us to show us exactly how He wants us to do things. But in verse sixteen of chapter eleven, it says, "Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods, and worship them." This is the one thing that the Lord keeps telling them over and over and over and over again. He keeps warning them about the gods of these people, these nations that they're going to go into the promised land and they're going to overtake and take their their homes and, and their fields and their cities and everything. He, he keeps warning them not to mess with their gods. And one place he actually tells them, he said, when you go in, he said, you are to cut down. When you go in and, and you take the land from a nation, you go, you take all their gods, you destroy them, you cut down their groves, you, uh, you destroy their altars and, and all their statutes and anything like that. You, you completely get rid of them and forget about them. Don't inquire as to... Uh, how they worship them and, and uh, all this stuff. Don't don't inquire about that. That's that's has nothing to do with it because your one God that you need to serve is the heavenly God, 
and he's the one that has brought you to this place and going to bring you into this place. So he is the one that you need to serve and not go out whoring after all these other gods. Uh, and he, he keeps telling them this, keeps telling them this. And, you know, I, I question sometimes. I guess I question the Lord uh, because I question why is it that I keep going, I keep saying basically the same things over and over and over, and then I sit in, in church under uh, the preachers and the teachers and everything, and, and they're, they're saying the same thing that I am. The Lord is trying to get us to realize it's time for us to wake up and, and to turn all of our attention to Him and not the things of this world. And we need to find out what that job is that the Lord has got for us to do, and we need to do it. And, you know, the children of Israel had a job to do. They were on a journey, and they were going into this promised land, but they had to go in and physically possess this land. They had to take this land from these nations that was, was in this land. They had to physically take it from them. They had to, to do away with the people that was there. And they, if they had just went up and even crossed over Jordan and had sit there and waited for the Lord to drive everybody out of there, they would have never left the banks of the Jordan River because the Lord was not going to hand this place to them. He done told them. He said, I'm not going to drive these people out. Because if I do, the places will grow up and wild beasts will come in and overtake it and it, it, it won't be worth nothing. He said, as it is right now, you go in, you, you take the land from the, from the different people that's in them. You take the land and you go in. You've got your, uh, you've got your olive yards. You've got your uh, vineyards. You've got uh, houses. You've got furniture. You've got uh, farm equipment and barns and uh, everything you need is right there and it's all ready to take all ready to, to move in and start working and he said but you're going to have to go in and possess the land yourself and in order for you to do this what do you do you follow the lord you trust in god you trust in uh you have faith in him you listen to him, you move when he says move, and you stand still when he says stand still, and you move exactly the way that he tells you to move and when he tells you to move. See, we, we have got it in our minds today that, you know, uh, that we, we don't really need that much of the Lord because we, we've got everything that we need. We are uh, making a way for ourselves. We're... We've got a job, uh, we're making money, we're paying bills, we've got everything that we need. Yeah, we've got everything that we need except the Lord. We have completely left him out, and most of us want to put him up on a shelf. And uh, when we need him and things are going wrong and things are going really bad and somebody in the family is really sick, then we go and we take him down off of that shelf and we dust him off and clean him up, and, and then we start praying to him. And That's not the way it works. That's not the way he wants to work. Because one of these days, you're going to go, something's going to happen real bad in your life, 
and you're going to go to the shelf to get him off that shelf and and uh, get him to fix everything, and he ain't going to be there. And you're going to be without. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, people, that uh, the world is about to that point right now with this coronavirus. The Lord has sent us a... a a lot of altar calls. I'm going to put it that way. He has sent us a lot of altar calls over the years. There's been wars and uh, uh, different kinds of disasters and different kinds of uh, pandemics and epidemics and and so many things that has went wrong in America. And we we flock to the churches and and we start praying and asking the Lord to move and everything and then after it's everything the Lord has moved and he's he's right it got everything back right like it's supposed to be we we all start drifting off to the way we were before and I'm afraid that this time that maybe uh, we're, we've gone to the shelf to get the Lord and and he's not there uh, because you know it, it's we have used him and abused him, and he he's getting tired of it. And even though the children of Israel are are like a lot of us today, the Lord Lord did bless them, but he had to give them a wake up call quite a few times. And I mean, his wake up calls were were really bad because they got scattered all over the place and. They went to. Uh, they were held captive by different people and different nations and everything, and they would all figure out what's going on and get their heart and their minds right, and then start serving and serving the Lord and and looking toward Him and praying and all this stuff, and the Lord would bring them back together, and then soon after He brought them back together, what would happen? They'd start drifting off and they'd start chasing after other gods and and i mean just like america is doing today there is it's the same thing all over again but you know what what gets me is, is i mean i'm right there in the same boat as everybody else i'm right there but what gets me is 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 we don't learn from our mistakes i mean mankind does not learn from his mistakes and we have made a I made a lot of mistakes I make a lot of mistakes, and I try my best to learn from them, but sometimes I find out that I'm, I'm making the same mistake over and over and over again, just, just like the children of Israel. Uh, they, they, they find out that it, it's a lot easier to serve these other gods than it is to serve the one true God because uh, there's not so many restrictions on the things that they can, the worldly things that they can partake of uh, with these other gods like it is with the God. And that's, that's where uh, I feel like that the world is today. We're in a place to where that we think that we can uh, partake of uh, a little bit of God and a whole lot of the world and we're going to be all right because this is a new day and a new time and things have changed. Well, yes, things have changed, but God has not changed. He's the same when he led the children of Israel into the promised land as he is today. And the word of God, it was written by King by. Uh, King, the King James Version, 
that word of God is still the one road map that we need to walk by. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it's a strict book, and it tells you just exactly what you need to do if you're going to make it to heaven. And the Lord told these people exactly what they needed to do to get into the promised land. And they, they finally uh, got their act together, and they go over into the promised land. And then when they get over there, um, they go all to pieces again. They get over there, and everything's real fertile, and, and it's nice. And, and they start making uh, having a lot of crops, and they, uh, they start building bigger barns and filling them up and they start making a lot of money selling all this stuff and everything and and they get the big head and they completely forget about the laws and the statutes and the commandments so the lord has to wake them up again and you know it it's i mean it's the same thing over and over and over again take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And if you do, verse 17, And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, and least you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. If you don't obey God's laws and commandments, he will shut up the heavens. All the things that we have taken for granted in this United States of America that we have taken for granted, all the wealth and all the uh, living together, the unity and everything, it's all going to fall apart and, and Satan's going to have complete reign and, and uh, there's going to be writings and and uh, all different things and all kinds of pestilence and, and uh, divers uh, diseases and things like that. Where are we at today, America? Where are we at today? We're right right in the middle of it we have turned our back on god we have played church and we have played christian and we have uh tried our best to give christianity a a completely different look and it's it's not going to it's not going to work the bible says that this is the way that you're going to have to live if you want to go to heaven and you're going to have to live that way just as I mean, like I said, Christ is the same. He, the God, is the same as when the children of Israel walked upon this earth, as He is today, and He He does not change because the times change. He had one thing in mind when He when Jesus walked upon this earth. He had one thing in mind. And he still got one thing in mind for mankind today, and that's to give our heart and life over to him and do his will and for, and to get uh, away from the world and quit doing all the worldly things and everything and, and come become different people, a peculiar people, one that trusts in him instead of, of putting our trust and chasing after everything of this world.
and we wonder why that this country that we live in is in such a bad shape because we have gotten completely away from God. We have went to sleep. We are playing church. We are playing salvation. We are playing Christian, and it ain't working. Now then, it's time we wake up. We repent from our sins. We repent from our wicked ways, and we turn our heart and lives to God, and we follow him and his statutes and his commandments and we leave the stuff of the world alone. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that ye may be that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Back when when the children of Israel uh they would take little leather boxes and they would take uh, scripts and they would write scriptures and they would write the commandments and, and all those things that they needed to remember. They would, they would write on those little pieces of paper or parchment or whatever it was and, and they would put it in those, those little leather boxes and they would put uh, a chain or a, a, a ribbon or something, and they would, they would tie this around their head or uh, around their wrist or where it would uh, hit their hand or hit their forehead. So every time that, that it hit, they would, they would think about the laws and the commandments and everything that was in that uh, little box. They were called uh, phylacteries. They were called phylacteries. It's a little leather, a small leather box containing slips inscribed with scriptural passages and traditionally worn on the left arm and on the head by observant Jewish men and especially adherents of Orthodox Judaism during morning prayers. They wore this all the time. They wore it all the time. It's, it's, it's changed a little bit now, but they wore it all the time because they, they wanted a constant reminder. The Lord wanted them to have a constant reminder of the laws and the statutes so that they would follow them and not, uh, not get away from them. And he said, even write it up on your doorpost and up on your gates, right? Put it anywhere that you can to where that you will see it. Uh, just about at any point in time during the day that you will remember this stuff. And we, we, have, we as children of God, we have gotten away from, from thinking about the Lord. The only time that we think about them is when we're in church or when we're on our way to church. And just as soon as church is over with and we walk out the door, we, some of us don't even think about him till the next time it, uh, and we, it's uh, time to go to church or something happens. I guarantee you, anybody that confesses to be a Christian, the one time that they will think about the Lord is when something is going wrong in their life. And, you know, I've often wondered if all the things that are going on in the world right today, if God hasn't let this come up on this world because he knows that as long as this stuff is going on, 
we as children of God, we're going to turn all of our attention to him and pray to him, not only in churches, but basically any point in time during the day. He will get his glory one way or the other. In one, in one place in the Bible, it says, if you all don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will praise him. I don't want no rock praying, uh, praising God for me. And, yes, I think about him during the day. I, I, uh, I try to think about him all the time, but, um, you know, I've got so much to do at work uh, that occupies my mind, but I always have my Christian music on, and that always brings me back to I'll end up praising the Lord and thanking the Lord for something during the day. This is the way that we need to be. We need to have something in our lives that will constantly remind us of the Lord and that we can talk to him anytime we want to. We don't have to be in church to, uh, for, to talk to the Lord. We don't have to be in church to get an answer from the Lord. We don't have to go ask other people to pray for us and, to, and get an answer for us. We need to do it ourselves. We need to get to the point to where that we can talk to the Lord and he will hear us and we know and have faith that he hears us and we know and we have faith that he will answer us. Answers come in different ways. It can come from the scripture by you reading it. It can come from someone else. It can come from preach, um, a message from a teacher or, or a minister. Or it can be, you just, uh, and most of us will think, well, <clears throat> I just thought of it. No, the Lord just brought that to your mind. You need to thank him. And it comes through a lot of studying and, and doing research and things like that. And, you know, I've got a lot of, a lot of electro uh, uh, electronic stuff, uh, tablets and phones and, and laptops and, and at some and sometime, at one point in time, I've got them all going. And one of them might be playing music, and I'm looking at the dictionary, and another one has got scripture pulled up on it, and uh, and and another one's got uh, something else pulled up on it. But you know what? I thank God just about every day, whenever I think of it, I thank God for all my electronic stuff. Because it saves me a lot of getting up and down and searching through books and having books laid all over the place. But, you know, the thing about it is, is I have got to put forth the effort to use the stuff. Having a Bible, that's great. Everybody should have a Bible. But now then, instead of just carrying that Bible to church and carrying it back home, read it. Read it from one time you go to church to the next. Set, set you apart a time every day to read the Word. You're not going to understand. You're not going to understand everything. But read it. You'd be surprised how much of it you will understand on down the road. When it, when it comes to the point that you need a scripture or something out of that Bible, the Lord will bring that scripture to your remembrance and it will help you a whole lot. 
But if you don't read and study and read and study the word, you're not going to know what exactly what it says. And this is what Moses and, and God is trying to get the people of Israel to understand is you you've got to think about this stuff. You know, it's just not enough for Moses to stand up there with a scroll and read all the commandments and statutes and everything. We we have to obey them. We have to do them. We have to remember them, and we have to understand them. And the law, the commandments are, are I mean, they're plain. If we can keep the commandments, we're, we are doing really good. We got to keep the commandments. And ye shall teach your children, speaking of them when they sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou raisest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. In other words, he's saying, you need to teach your children this stuff. It's, and, and parents, it's, it's not one of those uh, do as I say, not as I do. We, as I've said before, we teach our children by doing. Uh, you know, I can, tell, I can tell somebody all day long that they need to do something this way, but until they actually see it done and, and know that it works, um, they won't put a whole lot of stock in it. But when, I, when we teach our children that we need to be in church and we need to pray every day and we need to read our Bible every day, and when we start, when they see us doing it, then they know for a fact that, yeah, that's something that I need to do. When you live your life in front of your kids, to where that they know that, yes, this, this is what I need to be doing. This is what mom and dad is doing. They not only tell me that I need to do this, but they also are doing it themselves. And, you know, that's just like uh, me. I'm an alcoholic. I'm, I'm not really, but just just a, for instance. But I'm an alcoholic, and I'm, I'm trying to teach my children not to drink. But, yeah, here I am drinking in front of them. And, you know, what kind, what kind of a message does that say? You know, this is one of them things, well, you, you don't need to be drink, doing this. You don't need to be drinking. You don't need to be doing all, all this stuff. And then I turn around and do it right in front of them. I'm, I'm saying you don't need to be doing this stuff, but, you know, it's all right because, uh, you know, I do it all the time. It's all right, so. But live it. Just Just don't. Don't speak it, live it. And we need to teach them how to, how to live. We need to teach them the Word of God. We need to teach them about heaven. We need to teach them about salvation. We need to teach them about prayer. We need to teach them about studying the Bible. We need to teach them about going to church and getting involved with things in the church. We need to teach them th those things. Verse 26, it says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing 
and a curse. I wanted to get in this, into this today. God has set before us a blessing and a curse. He is telling us as if we will keep his commandments, we will uh, keep his judgments and his statutes, we do his will, we will walk the, the, the narrow path and we will uh, do the work that he has set in front of us to do and we trust in him and follow him and do all the things that he wants us to do, then heaven is going to be our home. And he's going to bless us while we're here on this earth. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. To go after other gods. Chasing the almighty dollar. Chasing uh, the status and the power. Chasing after things of this world instead of the things of God. I used to be one of those people. You know, I, I wanted people to look up to me. I wanted to be that person that everybody liked. I wanted to be the person that made the big money. I wanted to be, I wanted to be somebody. And I, I, I did not know what those things meant till I finally, truly turned my heart and life over to God and started trusting God and following him and doing his will. Then I, I discovered exactly what it was meant to be somebody. Back when I was out in sin and I was chasing after all the things of this world, I was a nobody. I was nobody. You know, the, yeah, the world looked up to me. Satan bragged on me. And all of his, his followers, they all the time bragged on me. But when I really sat down and figured it out, I, w I was headed for a place I didn't want to go. I was headed for a place that if you asked everybody in the world, everyone would tell you that they want to go to heaven. They don't want to go to hell. But yet they are living a life that says different. And that's, that's where I was at. And I got to the point to where I understood that I knew that if I closed my eyes in death, I knew exactly where my home was going to be. And let me tell you what, that, that, that will scare you. That will scare you to death if you really sit and think about it and you understand that if you close your eyes, living the life that you're living right now, that you're going to make hell your home, that will change you. And it changed me for the better. I'm getting my blessing now. I don't want no curse. I don't want no curse. The blessing, you're going to heaven. The curse, you're going to hell. You live for the Lord. You obey his commandments. You live for him. You do for him. You walk with him. You're going to make it to heaven. You do not do those things. You chase after everything in the world. You don't have time for to talk to God. You curse God. Uh, 
You do all the things that the world's doing, and hell is going to be your home. And that's, that's about as plain as it gets. And he said, in, it will come a time to when that I hope at some point in time everybody realizes that God has put a choice in front of them. He gave us a free will. He will not make us live for him. He will not make us accept him. He gave us a free will, something that no other creature created by God has except mankind, a free will. Now then, we use that free will to figure out who we are going to serve. Who you choose to serve then is going to dictate the rest of your life. It's going to dictate whether you are uh, following after God and, and being a man and woman of God and, and being righteous and um, all, the, all the things that are like God or if you choose Satan to dictate your life, it's going to be all the things of this world, the, the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and, and uh, backbiting and, and gossiping and uh, revelings and all this stuff that goes with living for Satan. You see the difference there? You can't do both. You can't do both. Even though you say that you are a Christian and you are doing the things of Satan, you are not a Christian. I don't care who you are. I don't care who's told you you're all right and you're going to go to heaven. As long as you come give your heart and life to God, you can do live every way you want to. That ain't going to happen. It is not going to happen. You do that, and I promise you, by the word of God, you're going to make hell your home. It says come out from among the world and be you a separated people. Be different. Be different. You look like the world, you act like the world, you are of the world. If it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, and it quacks like a duck, and it swims like a duck, it's a duck. I don't care how much lipstick you put on it and how much rouge you put on it, it's still going to be a duck. So if you act like the world, and you, you smell like the world, and you talk like the world, and you dress like the world, you are of the world and you're not going to make it into heaven. But he said, It comes to pass, the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land where thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put, shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gizram and the curse upon Mount Elib. Are not they... Are they not on the other side, Jordan, by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of Canaanites, which dwell in the, in the campaign, champaign over against Gilgah, beside the plains of Morgah? For ye shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and ye shall possess it and dwell therein, and ye shall observe to do all the statutes and judgment which I have set before you this day. It's two mountains. 
said, I want, we're going to have a, a, a convocation, a holy meeting, and I want, we're going to say, I want half of you on one mount and half of you on the other mount. All right, the ones on, on Mount Gizram, I want you all to recite all the blessings that God is going to give you if you, if you follow after him and do his commandments. Now, the ones on Mount Elib, I want you all to recite all the curses if you choose not to serve and follow after God. So now then, what we need to do is we need to figure out exactly who we want to be in charge of our life, and then we need to get our line, our life in line with the person that we're going to choose to follow after. See, the thing about following Satan is, is you don't have to do nothing. I mean, just whatever you want to do, just go for it. It don't matter. You want to run up and down the street naked? Go for it. You want to get drunk and, and do drugs? Go for it. That's following after the one that's in charge of your life. You might as well do it because you're going to hell anyway, because you have you have com committed the uh, ultimate sin, and that is you have uh, you have uh, turned your back on the Lord. You have chose not to serve Him. Now then. You want a, cur a blessing? You choose to serve God. And I'll tell you right now, it's a hard way to walk. It really is. But the rewards are so much greater living for the Lord than they are for Satan. Sure, Satan, uh, Satan's people right now up on this earth, he's blessing them right and left. They are, they are, they've got everything in the world that they need. But see, that's their only reward that they're ever going to have. Because their home is going to be a lake of fire, which burneth forever and ever and ever, and they're in torments forever and ever and ever. Sin is fun, but it's just for a season. And then you're going to have to pay the price for all that, all those things that you got when you were in sin. You're going to have to pay the price for living in that sin. Yeah, living for the Lord, it, like I said, it, it's hard. Uh, we we have heartaches and, and we, uh, we have troubles and we go through things and... Um, it, it seems like that sometimes that, um, like I've said many times, we're out in the middle of the Sahara Desert with nobody around for miles and miles and miles, and the Lord ain't even there with us. But let me tell you something. That light at the end of that tunnel, when you come out of that trial, when you come out of that tribulation, when you come out of that whatever that is that you're going through, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Because God will bless you in ways that you, you, you don't even imagine that he could bless you. I mean, I'm, look at me. I'm just, I'm just an old country boy. I, I really didn't finish high school. I did go get my GED. And 
God has, has used me in so many ways in my life and has blessed me in so many ways in my life. No, I don't have a lot. You know, I'm, I don't have a lot compared to, to most people. Uh, I rent, we rent a house. Uh, he did get, uh, God has gave us two vehicles. One of them's paid for him. We're paying for the other one. But we have clothes. I have a job. Uh, we have a roof over our head, uh, running water, electricity, food, clothes. We have everything that we need. And see, that that's just it. God said he would meet our need. And he has met my need. He has blessed me in so many ways that it, it is just unreal. And I look around sometimes and I wonder, why me? Why me? And then I get, then the Lord reminds me of all the things that I do for him and the joy that I get out of doing for him. See, it's, it's some of the things that we have to go through in, in, a Christian, in our Christian walk is hard. Yeah, they are. And it gets a little frustrating and aggravating sometimes. But when we, when we come out of those things, it, it's just, it makes it worth every bit of it. Because we come out on the other side, we're closer to the Lord and, and, uh, uh, everything is just just so much better. But the thing, the one thing that we look, I look forward to more than anything, is I look forward to meeting the man that died upon a cross for my sins. This little boy that didn't even finish high school, he died upon a cross for my sins. This, this boy that used to curse him and didn't want nothing to do with him and just ran from him for, for so many years, he died upon a cross for my sins. And when after everything was all over with and I finally figured out that I couldn't outrun God and I couldn't outdo him and I turned around and I give everything that I had to the Lord he welcomed me with open arms, and he forgot about everything that I ever did when I was out in sin. I know I've told this maybe once or twice or more, but Satan would bring things back to my mind that I did when I was out in sin. And I would, I, I would get to feeling guilty, and I would, I, I would, uh, and I would. I would bow down and I would ask God, God, please forgive me for those things. And he asked me one day, I mean, just as plain as if I'm talking to you right now, what are you talking about? And I said, those things that I'd done back when I was out in sin, you remember? And when I said, you remember, that scripture came to my mind about, throwing, about every, throwing everything that I'd done up to that point, he threw in the lake for, of forgetfulness, never to be remembered no more. And I said, no, Lord, you don't remember what I did when I back there. 
you don't remember that. And I've been asking you to forgive me for things that you ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. He loved me enough that he not only died on the cross for my sins, but when I asked him to forgive me of my sins, he not only forgave me of them, but he forgot about them. He forgot about them. And he took me in just like the prodigal son. When I, when I got to the point that I made up my mind that I was going to give my, turn my heart and life over to him and I asked him to forgive me of my sins, I didn't have to go to him. He came to me. He, he came running down the road to meet me and welcome me home and set me up as a child of God. That's the Lord that I serve. That's the God that I serve. I thank you all for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you got something out of it. And until the next time, may God bless you in a great and a mighty way.